Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Well, we return both refreshed after holidays. We did. Why did you As go? As the tech world moved on. Oh, I went to Derbyshire. Huh. I went to France. Oh, that's abroad. I Yes. I did O-level geography. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, I, and you still I, managed to find your way to Derbyshire? I did. I did. Well, it's just up. You just sort of head north and it's there. Excellent. It's <laughs> France, I wouldn't. Oh, all those tests and everything. Was it Yes, that's what I've had. A bit of a pain, a pain and an expensive pain as well. Right? Uh, yeah. An expensive pain. But we were yeah. in La Rochelle, which is absolutely lovely. And uh, the nice thing about La Rochelle is they got to the mid 17th century and said, that'll do. And then they stopped. And it's, it's oh, a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful town. So you didn't use any of your gadgets while you were there? Oh, well, apart from uh, my iPad and, of course, my Apple Watch and yes. uh, my camera many times. Right. Well, I look forward to these. But what are you going to tell us about Gadget well, Gizmos now? The big news uh, this week is ABBA, who have produced their first album in forty years, because of course they all they all divorced from each other back in nineteen eighty one, yes, and then they yes, split yes. up a couple of years later. Right. And they produced an album, and I was going to say let's play a bit of it, but actually it sounds like everything else they did, so it's just more of the same, which is a good thing if you're an ABBA fan, a bit more mournful than usual maybe, but. Um, it's fun, but here, why is it on Gadgets and Gizzos, I hear well, you ask. Well, I was about to, yes. Yes, well, let yeah. me tell you, they're giving a concert in London next year, mm-hmm. and because they couldn't find a suitable venue, they're building their own ABBA arena. What? The, yes. Like, what do you mean Olympic can't find Park. a suitable venue? London is full of venues. Well, because of the tech, because of the tech, they've got big tech involved. So, well, here's so what surely they did. every band in the world has big tech now. Here's what they did. They performed all their songs in mm. front of 160 cameras, which were using motion capture to capture right. not just their, their, their moves, mm. their facial expressions, and uh, you know, every twitch of an eyebrow, every wiggle of an ear, mm-hmm. and which involved Benny and Bjorn having to shave off their beards, which they didn't like at all, but they, they did it all the same. Mm. And... Then Industrial Light and Magic, who you will know from the George Lucas uh, yes, I films, do. Yeah. have created avatars based on how they looked 40 years ago. Right. And at the concert, it will not be ABBA performing, or it'll be ABBA performing, but it'll be their newly created avatars moving... Or, or uh, avatars, as they would no doubt be known. <laughs> indeed, avatars, who will be uh, moving... You know, as Abba, as the somewhat elderly Abba, uh, did just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yes. So yes. 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 Hmm. And they can't find a venue. Well, thank goodness for that. Indeed. Anyway, the I, I mean, the, I, I, I quite like. Oddly enough, Abba seem to improve with the passing years. But I'm not they sure do. that I necessarily want to go to see a representation of what they were like forty years ago. No, it's bizarre. 
It is absolutely bizarre. I can't really understand why they're doing it for the money, I suppose, and for the publicity. Though I suppose we, we, we're used, well, not the sort of music I go to, but uh, people who go to popular music concerts are probably quite used to knowing the stars don't actually sing at the time, because quite a lot of them sync to the music because the tech is so complicated, don't they? Uh, so maybe it's yes, only another stage on from that. The good ones actually sing. Uh, so, with that, so that's your definition then of good music is when it's actually real performed live and they're not the, sinking the, my definition of a good singer is one who can sing yes yes so <laughs> well, how, well how can you tell if auto-tune is involved or uh, if it's someone tell? like well if it's if it's uh, bob dylan you know that certainly isn't but if it was someone <laughs> like uh, paul simon then you you trust that he's doing he's doing the business yeah. Well, uh, let's move on from that then. Oh, yes. Let's okay. move on to the James Dyson Award. And, you know, say what you what you like about James Dyson. He does sponsor these awards for tech that makes the world a better place. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of finalists this year, and, including... And, and, and all the, and all the uh, people who didn't win, of course, when they crumple up, all, you know, all their nomination they'll forms, come, they'll exactly. be able to hoover it up. They will. Oh, sorry, Dyson it up. Dyson oh, it up. Suck it up, I think is what people <laughs> yes, say. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> so among the uh, the nominations for the finalists are uh, the Water Pod, which is a solar-powered floating desalination device, which is made from plastic recycled from the ocean. So there you go. How green can you get? Mm. Yes. Not much greener than that, I imagine. Not much greener than that. There's also a, uh, a device from a couple of Polish engineers which converts used face masks into reusable plastic pellets, which can then be moulded into other things mm-hmm. or drop straight in the ocean, if you like. Then the people from Waterpod can come and hoover it up using their Dyson and they can <laughs> make, their, make their desalination pods out of it. But the one that really excited me, and I can't believe this is a world first, but I, I don't want to find a similar one, is a, a Russian inventor called Alexei Rezopov who has produced a Braille ebook. Oh. Which is a tablet with an array of cells, yes. uh, uh, which the dots go up and down when you upload text to it. So you can you can read a braille book on a tablet. Well, that sounds absolutely wonderful. Though presumably the actual logistics of getting the book onto the tablet could be quite. You probably have to call a friend. Yes, but yes. even so, that's yeah. yeah. I think that's a very impressive. It is absolutely ingenious. Yes. Very clever, very clever. So clever, in fact, I'm going to play one of these noises. Now, you may remember... Oh, go on then. No, no, no. no. You may remember... I was was going to do a very sort of smooth link there, but you leapt in, so I can't... Give us a smooth link. I can't even now remember what it was. (laughs) You may remember back in November last year, uh, we talked about a Kickstarter project called the uh, Infinity Game Table made by an outfit called Arcade One-Up. Yes, I didn't remember it sounding great. Did you realise quite how expensive it was? Well, that is indeed the thing. It's a giant touchscreen tablet, which um, which comes with 40 games. It's now real. It's out there on the market. You can go and buy it. The games include all the regulars like Monopoly and Scrabble and Battleship, but also things like Jigsaws and Word Search and Sudoku. And the problem is, you're saying... Um, maybe I've preempted you here and you haven't thought of it yet. The problem is, if you're playing Scrabble, how do you avoid seeing the other person's letters when everything's on the on the table in front of you? 
It's a very good point. Yeah, it's a very good point. It comes with little paper shields. That you, put on. <laughs> you sort of wonder what, whether it isn't just simpler to get the Scrabble set out. Uh, well, you'd think. But there's had lots and lots of lots of games on, more games being added all the time. They're saying that they might link it to your phone so you can see your letters on your phone instead, which would make a lot more sense. Although how you get them from your phone onto the table is another matter. Uh, the 24-inch version, $650, 32 inches, $859. So not a cheap gaming table, and certainly rather more than you would spend if you actually went out and bought all those games, as you say. Though board games are not that cheap. The last time, it's been a little while since I bought them, but they're, they're not as cheap as you might think they would no, be. They're not. No. I, I haven't bought one for years. No, no, no. Well, you don't need to. Now you can go on exactly. the gaming table. I look forward to playing Battleship with you. Ah, battleships, you have to agree to look away while the other person places their battleships. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yes. Although I don't know well, how the other not. person then knows where their battleships are located. I suppose there's even a how to put a divider up the I don't know. It's it's a good idea, but I'm not sure it's entirely there yet. Well, there are certain games like perhaps Scrabble and Battleship that maybe just don't lend itself. Yes. Yes. Possibly there are. Possibly. Okay, well, let's hey, move on. Let's it's move pretty, on. just gone pretty quickly from sort of concept to actual It appearing. has very, yeah. very fast. Un yeah. Very unusual for something like Kickstarter. Mm. You sent me a news report from the Daily Telegraph this week mm. about the first air-to-air -air fast food delivery. Of well, a it, was a, it was a photograph. There was very little information in it, I had to say. There was. Well, I did dig out some more information. Uh, and and uh, is this, this is just a joke well, then, presumably. No, it's a rather so, sad well, story. Let's, let, let's say what the what the photograph was. It was a man in a, a powered hang glider, wasn't it? I think a power motor. Power point. motor. Yes, uh, <laughs> eating a sausage roll, which which had been delivered to, caption, to him by a drone. Yes, yes. Yes. Well, this wasn't an initiative of Greg's to deliver sausage rolls to the skies. <laughs> mm. This is a YouTuber, a chap called Greg Harris, who has wanted to be a pilot for most of his life. Hmm. And when he was finally old enough to join the RAF, he was turned down because of a defect in one of his eyes. Oh. And he was very, very disappointed. Then he discovered paramotors. Uh, paramotors being, it's like a giant fan that you strap onto your back. And yes. you have a, a parachute and the fan, you run along the beach and the fan blows you up and then you go oh, yeah, up into the air on your, yeah, yeah. your parachute. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so he decided he's going to make a YouTube career out of uh, filming mm. himself with his paramotor. Mm. So he had uh, one that went where he went around Stonehenge mm. and he did it all in 3D so people could have a proper VR experience of zooming around 3D. 30,000 odd views. So he thought, good, we're there. This is it. So he then teamed up with a, uh, a drone specialist. And with a company called Parajet, who actually make these uh, these paramotors, mm. to deliver a sausage roll to him. Yes. And there's a film on YouTube which shows how they actually developed it, full of quite horrifying footage of them trying it with a fixed paramotor. And there were things like the, the drone would fly into the strings and sever the strings of the parachute. There were several instances where the yes. the drone flew into the rotor and smashed the rotor off. 
Wow. Okay. So when they actually did it, it was something of a of a miracle that he managed to catch <laughs> this thing, specially built drone, so he could grab it from the yes. air. But he must have been terrified. Anyway, wow. to date, he's had a total of just over sixteen hundred views, which is not an awful lot by YouTube standards. Yeah, particularly if photographs have been carried in national newspapers, you think people go and look at yeah. it? I'll go and look at it after. We'll get it up to sixteen hundred and one. Exactly. We should go and do that. So, yes. you know, Greg Harris, good luck to him. But I don't think he's going to make his fortune this way. Um, and one other I think about it, we've been talking about possible drone deliveries on this programme for, what, three, four years now? Oh, since least. we started almost, yes. And and it's not, I mean, it must be almost two years ago since Amazon were trying to get permission to, to, to try doing it in this country first, mm. because they thought yeah. it was easier than all the... Um, bureaucracy in the United States. But that hasn't happened yet either, has it? Well, one reason is you can't fly a drone near an airfield. And because we're in a quite, we're quite a small country, there's a lot mm. of airfields around. So that's, yes. that's part of the issue. Um, also, I mean, do people really want things delivered by drone? I don't know. You, you talked about one, I think it was a remote Chinese village, which was very inaccessible by road, where it made a lot of sense. Oh, delivering medicines and things. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And that's yes. China, uh, Africa, that's, that's used uh, mm. quite a lot uh, in villages that are simply inaccessible. But the idea of you climbing up Ben Nevis and order a McDonald's, which is then delivered to your hand, I think is maybe some way off still. Possibly, though. It's a good Scottish name, McDonald's. It absolutely <laughs> is. It's, I wonder if it comes to the tartan box in Scotland. Let's just briefly pause for breath. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to Gadgets and Gizmos on Share Radio, where I'm in conversation as ever with Steve Kaplan, our technology editor. Uh, so what now? Well, Apple, uh, the App Store, as mm. we know, is a very, very profitable part of Apple. And in fact, last year, the App Store took $64 billion, which is a lot of money for, you know, Candy Crush and the like. Well, to, to you and me, to Apple, of course, it's probably just for Apple, it's change, much, spare exactly. change, yes, actually. Of that $64 billion, Apple takes 30% of all in-app purchases. It also takes 30% of the initial purchase price, if there is mm -hmm. one. Well, of course, mm -hmm. these days, uh, most games are so-called freemium, where you don't pay to download them, but you pay to either avoid yes. the ads or to buy stuff in the games. Uh, and... They take 30% of in-app purchases, including subscriptions. So if you have a subscription on your iPad to The Telegraph, or as I do, to mm. The Guardian, then uh, Apple takes 30% of that, which newspapers wow. are understandably rather cross about. Yes, I didn't mm. realise that. If you have a turnover of less than a million dollars, they only take 15%. That was their concession that they made to <laughs> right. smaller developers. Well, It makes... It makes um, um, 
publishers royalties look rather generous by comparison uh, it does indeed <laughs> uh, following an awful lot of pressure they have now allowing developers to email users with details of how they can pay for their subscriptions away from the app store um and this is rather curious because as far as i can tell they're not allowed to mention it inside the apps themselves but they can get the details of the subscriber from apple and then they can email them independently so it's a rather clumsy workaround but it does mean they'll be able to offer cheaper subscriptions than apple can offer mm -hmm. and they won't have to pay 30 percent of it which is a huge whack you know if newspapers are moving towards most of the subscriptions being on yes. on tablets and uh, and on phones then 30 percent of that going down the drain or rather down the down the Apple core, wherever it goes. He said, it was an awful lot. So this is altogether, I think, a good thing. You often make fun of me because I, you know, I'm rather late in adopting technology, but I'm, I can't think the last time I actually held a physical paper newspaper. No. I mean, my no, son picked up I. a Metro the other day when we were on the, on the train, but I, I didn't. But it's no, quite rare. And no, I don't regret it. They're clumsy things. The ink comes off in your hands. They're unwieldy. I thought they'd, I thought they'd solved the ink coming off in your hand problem years yeah, ago. Yeah, to some extent, so they claim. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I do let's wonder, move on. I do wonder, though, and this is an important question that you can consider and come back to another time, whether you take in more in a physical paper or indeed a book than you might do reading something on screen. Ah, well, now, that is certainly an issue. When you read a physical newspaper, you turn page to page and you look at things that catch your eye. Yes. When you read it on screen, you only see the topics that you've previously decided you're interested in. Mm. So you miss the ones that would pass you by, that pass you by, they wouldn't if you were reading mm. the physical paper. That is, that is certainly a thing. <laughs> on the other hand, I have many, many pages of bookmarks of newspaper stories that I want to go back to, mm. uh, which I'd have to physically cut out of a newspaper if I were reading the uh, the physical thing, so there, sure. no, there, I was there thinking, is an upside. I, that's interesting. I was thinking more about whether your brain can absorb physical words more easily than it can um, digital ones. Do we do we have less ability to understand what we're reading or to absorb it? Well, if certainly, it's on, if it's on a Kindle or a, a tablet than we do with a book or a um, a physical newspaper. People have shorter attention spans when reading things online, which yeah. is why websites tend to break every paragraph up into individual sentences mm. uh, as a new paragraph. Uh, but I read all my books on Kindle and I don't find any problem taking in the words. What I don't know, of course, is the title of the book I'm currently reading because you never get to see the cover. Oh, good gracious. That's very yes, odd. It is very odd. So there are several books I read recently. People say, "What was it? what was the book called? Who was it by?" I, I can't remember. It was. Does it, it not was say really at the Does it not say at the top of the page? No. That's bizarre. Only if you go out of the book to your library do you then see it. But I, I've often argued that Kindles should, when they go to sleep, rather than having various black and white pictures of typewriters and yes. metal type and stuff, they should have the cover of the book you're currently reading. But for some reason, they choose that not seems to do useful. that. That would be even more difficult, of course, if you were reading several books at one time, which I often do. Yes, but you're only actually the last one you oh, were yes. reading then. Yes, exactly. I suppose. I suppose. OK, well, let's Good. have another one of these. If I can find it. No. But...
You're about to tell me not to do that. I was about to tell you not to do that because I was going to announce our crowdfunding time of the week, oh, which will well, be another jingle. But no, 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 no. We have to have it then. There you go. I have a bicycle. You have a bicycle. We both have bicycles. Yes. And very often I will go out on my bicycle uh, and it's a lovely sunny day. When I come home, it's turned dark and I realise I've forgotten my lights. Does that happen to you? Uh, I tend to have them all the time in my bike bag. Sometimes Mm. I haven't recharged them properly, of course. Ah, indeed. Well, here is an idea that was so good. um, uh, I've actually bought one. Oh, okay. Um, it is called the arc light, and there's a set of two bike pedals, mm-hmm. and each pedal has two lights in, so you get four lights all together, mm-hmm. uh, red and white, and you can have them on constantly, or you can have them flashing. If you have them flashing, they last for they say thirty six hours, which is pretty good. And the lights aren't just on the front and back of the pedals, but they wrap around the sides. So you can be seen from an angle rather than just someone directly behind you. So you've got the lights and they're moving up and down as you mm. pedal, which, of course, yes. makes them much more visible yes. to, uh, to car users. There are two really clever things about them. Mm. One is they know which way up they are. So the one facing forward is always white and the one at the back is always red. Right. Unlike pedals, which you can use you know, either way around. Yes. The other clever thing is that you can slide the lights out of the pedals and they have a standard USB connected on the end of them to recharge them. And the third clever thing, I know I said there are only two clever things, but there are three clever things. Mm. The third one is it comes with a dock with four USB sockets in. So you can just plop the lights into the dock and they will recharge for you. And when they recharge, you'll slide them back into the pedals. And have, you actually, have you got them yet or just ordered them? No, no, I have ordered them. They are currently, well, they are currently $109, which is about £80 mm. on, uh, on Kickstarter. Uh, if you manage to get there within the next, I think, four hours or so, which is uh, <laughs> unlikely since right. I don't think this podcast... I'm people sure this podcast a little bit later. I'll try and get, get it up as quickly uh, as possible. But yes, maybe <laughs> maybe too late by now. Then yeah. you can get them about about 60, 60 quid, which is what I paid for them. But I think they sound like such a good idea. I will always have the pedals, uh, my, my, my lights on my bike, and they will move up and down and they will eliminate. Okay, so supposing you charge them, pop them into the pedals, and you'd actually ride the bike for two or three weeks. Do, will they lose charge? Oh, because they're lithium batteries. Not only do that, do they not lose charge, but you have to turn them on. They sense when you're riding the bike, and they turn on automatically. And oh. if you stop riding the bike uh, for more than, I think it's 30 seconds, they'll turn off again. Well, when you get them and try them, do let me know just how visible they are. Of course, you are quite handy with your hands. Many people would have difficulty replacing two sets of pedal or a set of pedals on their bikes. It's not the easiest thing in the world. I know it's just a, a nut, but it's still quite it's, difficult. It's quite difficult. I will report back on exactly how difficult it is. Okay. But that's, yeah, seems like a good idea. Good that's a brilliant idea. It's called Arclight. And if you like the idea, you have until the 14th of October to plonk down your your dosh. I think it sounds yeah. absolutely brilliant. Even if it does sound like a character in open all hours. Okay, so so what now? Uh, let us uh, move on to uh, a wireless charging room that's been invented by the University of Tokyo, 
where you can charge your devices without plugging them into anything or without laying them down on mm. a charging mm. surface. Um, and it uses, obviously, multi-mode quasi-static cavity resonance. Oh, I imagined it would. You could have guessed that, which includes... Um, capacitors that are embedded in the aluminium walls uh, and a copper pole in the center of the room with a magnetic field circulating around so, it. So you can do lap dancing at the same time. So you can do lap dancing at the same time. Uh, and I've tested it in a three by three meter room and it seems to work very well. Whether people want to clad their walls with aluminium and insert a copper pole in the middle, I'm not sure, but the, it's a good idea. Well, so presumably presume they were all wearing foil hats when they tested it. Oh, well, that keeps I mean, the aliens out. Yeah, well, you can't help feeling, you remember in the early years of Wi-Fi, there were lots of people terrified that it was going to scramble yes. their brains somehow. I can't feel yes. that, that a wireless charging room might be considered even more dangerous. Well, was, there well, ever any, was there ever any um, veracity to that? Are people still worried? I know there were, there were worries both about Wi-Fi and perhaps more seriously about having phones clamped to your ears too often. Yes. Though I suppose as we put, talked about a lot young people don't seem to use their phones as phones anymore they don't use them as phones they very rarely put them to their ears so it's so it's you and i who probably scrambled our brains exactly people are okay yes exactly yes yes well okay. and finally oh, i have yes. a couple of amazon reviews oh for you. I wonderful you like your amazon reviews so a very entertaining one of a lavatory brush oh dear where someone okay. said causes too much pain and agony don't know why it's so popular nowadays I'm just going to use toilet paper. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> okay. And a somewhat more sanitized one. This is a review of an HDMI cable, mm. which says, works perfectly. Electrons flow through it at near the speed of light, causing my monitor to display pleasing images of cats and such. Oh, good grief. It's good. Right. It's extraordinary. Um, and if you spend any time on Amazon actually come out with these data reviews, I think well, I could see a hobby developing here. Yes, it could be fun, couldn't it? I don't write data reviews on Amazon because, frankly, I've got better things to do with my time. Well, like this. Like this, exactly. <laughs> here like I am it. doing it. <laughs> like repla and replacing pedals on your bike. Well, do you let me know how that goes in due course. Uh, it just remains uh, for me to say. That's it from Gadget and Gizmos this week. We will be back with more the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.